All right, we get a, a lot of deep discussions to have on this Friday on how this is all impacting us, and maybe we're getting the idea of what the future looks like. We have a lot of travel stuff and where we can go and where we can, a lot of rules. We have the impact of vaccine passports on business. As I said, I feel the momentum growing. And then we have the United States not paying it back to us and opening the border. So we have a lot of things that are affecting business after they've had a year of hell. Perrin Beattie joining us live, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce President and CEO. Perrin Beattie, how are you? Good afternoon. I am well. Thank you very much. and glad to be with you. Um, why don't we begin about the impact and the surprise? We know the businesses are hungry. They, they need to get back, and they're really looking forward to some kind of normal. What's their surprise in the business community as we opened our borders on August the 9th, but so far no reciprocity from the United States? It's a real surprise. We closed the border at the same time. We had the same date for rolling it over. Um, it, it was just five months ago today that the president and the prime minister issued what they referred to as a roadmap for a renewed U.S.-Canada partnership. In that, they said this, quote, both leaders agreed to take a coordinated approach based on science and public health criteria when considering measures to ease Canada-U.S. border restrictions in the future. Well, what the Americans did was uncoordinated. It wasn't based on public health criteria or on science. And it appears as if five months later, they've lost the roadmap. What about the Delta variant? Clearly, it's worrisome. It's become a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We put that as a stipulation for Americans to come. And I, I, I understand that we expected that as in the reverse in, in the United States. But is the Delta and the politics of that perhaps weighing on the president's mind? That could be a factor. It's certainly when you see something that's totally irrational, that defies science, defies economics, defies logic, Politics is usually the answer, and and um, some of the speculations being that that the president didn't want to open the northern border without opening the southern border at the same time. Notwithstanding the fact that the situation with COVID in Mexico is very different from what it is in Canada at the present time, so it it you know it's it's disturbing because one would have hoped that this president in particular would have followed the science. Now, the science also shows that the vaccines are taking us out of this. There has been such a focus in the United States of America looking at the pockets of the unvaccinated, and those numbers are going up. We don't want that to happen here in Canada. We were getting a lot of, we were getting a lot of high fives for our prowess in vaccination, but we know that things are slowing down. We have misinformation out there, and those are who are reluctant. From a business point of view, how are Canadian businesses looking at the power of vaccines right now? They see it as a miracle. Um, there's no question about it that wherever vaccines are... Hello, Perrin Beatty. I think we have lost Perrin Beatty. We're going to get him back. We'll get Perrin Beatty back. And as you can just have heard... Perrin Beatty, who is the president and CEO of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce, he says it is a miracle, a miracle that this has happened. When we get Perrin Beatty back with us, I want to focus on what is happening with the inoculation and the power for businesses on how they are dealing with this. 
what do they do? You know, how much of a difference would it be if we had the power to say in the businesses here in Canada, I'm only going to accept the vaccinated, just like happened at, happened at the borders. This is what happened at the borders, because it is, we're, we're justifying, we're looking at science and we're saying, okay, the chances of somebody spreading this are very, very low. And one of the big questions that we're about to see is how does it imply, later on in the show, we're going to talk about the rights and what kind of legal rights do we have here? And it is a very, very tough situation. You know, my heart goes out to businesses. And we're about to go into an election campaign. We're about to vote. And will that be something that is on Canadian businesses' mind? This is the time where there's all sorts of pressure and lobbying, isn't it? from the business community. Oh, and we hear it all in the election, don't we? We're for business. We're going to open things up. We're going to get the economy and we have to be prepared. We're going to hear that over and over and over again. And as we do that, what does it mean for the power of businesses to make decisions that serve them well? Okay. Perrin Beattie is back with us. Um, Perrin, let me ask you, I, I wanted to go into this, is how do businesses feel about having more power over who they do business with and how they advertise themselves? We're starting to see it. Nobody, at the beginning, there's been a reluctance, certainly politically, to call it a passport. But around the world, we're seeing businesses flourish and open and confidence come back with the ability for businesses to steer their own ship and say, this is how safe I am and I can prove it. What kind of conversation is happening in the business community? I think it's very important because the real issue is for your customers and for your employees, do they feel comfortable coming back into your business? And for a business to be able to give reassurance that is taking every measure that it possibly can to protect its employees and its customers is a very good thing. The other thing, Arlene, uh, if you look at what Quebec has, has said, they have brought in a QR code where you can show the code and will demonstrate that you've been fully vaccinated. They've said, if we have another wave of the pandemic, instead of locking everybody down, they're going to focus on the people who are vulnerable. That is the people who aren't vaccinated, who are, who are most likely to be affected because it's becoming a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated it makes an awful lot more sense to focus your resources at the areas of highest risk instead of shutting everybody down. It is, and we're starting to see that. You know, psychologically, you can feel people going, oh, no, if we go this way, is somebody going to say that we have to go through restrictions again? And certainly businesses, they were hanging on, circling the drain. They can't do it, and psychologically, we can't. Is that the power behind this? Because this reluctance that I'm talking about, it seems to me the power of our freedoms actually can be achieved. And you can almost bring back a couple of sides here. Yeah, the, the critical thing here is when people talk about having digital secure vaccine certification, the point isn't to, to take away people's freedoms. It is to enable us to, to be free and remain free and for businesses to be able to remain open and for people to be able to take advantage of them and participate in activities if, they, if, if they've 
taken the, the prudent steps of getting themselves vaccinated. It simply makes sense. The other alternative is simply to shut everything down. And that's the worst. It's, it's the worst possible alternative. Will the business community be going more vocal on this, in your opinion? And, you know, you're representing national business interests across the country. We have an, an election campaign. It's the time to start shouting from the rooftops. Do you see this becoming a political pressure? Um, there, there's no question that, that what we're seeing is, is, you know, the threat of another wave, of another wave that is, that is affecting the people who are not vaccinated. And politicians, business people, and others are going to be asking ourselves, what can we do to ensure that we don't go back into locking everybody down again? Is there a better way of doing this? And I think the answer is that there is, and that's to focus our resources where they'll make the greatest difference, but to allow vast majority of Canadians to be able to get on with their lives and allow businesses to remain open. You think it is going to move forward? I mean, we might not call it a passport, but already, you know, Boris Johnson, Conservative PM, and others are saying Macron has done it. Do you, do you see there's an inevitability there? It's it's widely used around the world, and and indeed our government has said that they will bring in digital vaccination mm-hmm. certification, which is the the more accurate description than than passport, to enable Canadians to travel internationally. The question is when we'll see that. And we're seeing some jurisdictions within Canada bringing in that sort of a system, as Quebec has, has done, because it makes makes sense to do so. Um, certainly, if we're looking at, at opening up the border and moving people between Canada and the United States, you can imagine if several jumbo jets land at Pearson at the same time, processing without having a, a machine-readable system uh, would take an enormous amount of time. And we'll see people with, with gate holds uh, sitting on aircraft for hours unless we're able to process people quickly and efficiently. So what we need is a, is a border and a system that is safe, that is efficient, and that's successful at the end of the day. Aaron Beatty, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce's president and CEO, thank you for your time on this Friday. I hope you have a, a fabulous weekend, Perrin. Thank you. Glad to be with you. You too. All the best. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.